Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What an awesome time of worship we just had in the presence of the Lord. I just am so thankful that we serve a mighty God, that we have a friend in Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad to know that he sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus is faithful. I was reminded of that old song uh, that uh, as a kid, I used to hear, uh, as, uh, you know, as a young man hearing uh, my uncle sing it all the time at church. Um, it's a song called I Have a Friend and his name is Jesus, man. And it comes from Clint Brown. It's a just a, a simple song, but it just reminds you that Jesus is sick. He's sick closer than a brother, that he's your friend. And whatever comes your way, you can run to him. He's our strong tower, right? We can go to him. And I uh, just want to remind you of that today, that Jesus, if you're born again, Jesus is your friend <laughs> and he, he and he's there for you no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through in this life, Jesus is your friend. I want to pray as we get started this morning. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you for giving your only begotten son for us to have eternal life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price on the cross for our sins. Not just our sins, but the sins of the world. Lord, your desire is that nobody perish. You desire that all men come to the knowledge of the truth, that they come to know Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, my prayer today is that the Holy Spirit right now would come uh, into our thoughts, into our minds, to be, begin to reveal who Christ is to us, to edify the body of Christ. And to those who are lost who may hear this here in this room, or those who will watch, and those who will listen later, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would captivate their hearts and that you would draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ and that today would be the day of salvation for some. And today uh, would be the day that those who are asleep would wake up from their slumber and begin to live a victorious Christian life, to begin to live a life that pleases him, a life that is worthy of the calling they have received. And so, Lord, we thank you. I ask you to speak through me, Lord. I mean, I'm incompetent in myself, but you give me competence, Lord, to preach your word. And I ask you to do that today in me, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So this morning, I, <clears throat> uh, while we were, while I was in prayer this week, uh, you know, I've been asking God, you know, what would he like me to declare? Because we've been in the book of John for several months. I've enjoyed the study. We're, we're fin we were at the middle of uh, John chapter 11 last week. And I've just been praying and really been discerning that God has been wanting me to go in a different direction, um, but just wasn't sure. And so I just began to, I know on Friday nights I have a Bible study I do on, a, on Xbox party chat, and I do some things there, and I've been, we've been really talking about end times and how we should live in, the, in light of knowing that. And, and so this has really been fresh on my heart and on my spirit that I've been sharing uh, even on those Friday night Bible studies, and I want to bring it to you this this uh, this time and, and begin to just encourage you and edify you in that. And uh, so the Holy Spirit led me uh, back to First Thessalonians chapter five, because I believe he wanted me to remind the saints that the day of the Lord is coming. Um, this is an important uh, thing, because um, a lot of times as the American Christians, we're living uh, in a in a in a, a free society. For the most part, we have enjoyed liberties that other Christians do not have. Uh, we are now beginning to be pressured. We are now beginning to see 
what other believers are going through when the state comes to take control of what you preach, tells you what you can say, and develops a social credit system, a social uh, system that says, uh, if you don't speak the same thing we want you to say, then you are a bad citizen. And as Christians, when we begin to testify to God's truth, to God's righteousness, we're going to be seen as bad citizens of this country. Why? Because we're willing to stand for what is righteous and what is just and what is true and what is holy. God is sovereign over all things. God is sovereign over governments, over presidents, over Congress, over Senate. He is sovereign over all those things. And God is the one who gives each one of us liberty. It is God who gives man freedom. It is not, does not derive from governments. It comes from our creator. This is what our founding fathers wrote in the Declaration of Independence, that these things come and are endowed by our creator. Our liberties are not coming from human beings. They came from the Lord. They came from God Almighty, the one who created the heavens and the earth and everything that is in them. Praise God. So you and I need to understand that we may see like the wicked are prospering, but I promise you there's a day coming and it's coming sooner than we think is a day coming when God is going to bring every wicked person to account for what they have done. God is going to bring his wrath upon the earth. And, and we say, oh man, pastor, you're, you're pretty tough today. No, it's God's word. It is going to happen. And we need to wake up as Christians. We need to understand that there's a time coming when God is going to judge the world in righteousness. And he's, he's proven it by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus Christ is the judge. He is coming to execute judgment on the earth on all the wicked. This is important. And since we know, and, and you might be, and I'm going to open up a little bit about the day of the Lord, because there are people who are watching today uh, that may be young believers, may not understand this yet because they haven't been in the faith long enough to really understand these things. So I want to give you a little bit. I, I'm not going to, I don't have time to be an in-depth study of the day of the Lord, but I'm going to give you just a, a, a brief overview of it so that you have a, a little understanding from it. And obviously, if you want to learn more, I, I challenge you to seek out the scriptures and really begin to dive into end time eschatology teaching. But that would be something I can help you with, too. If you are connected with me, I can help you with that. But since we understand that the day of the Lord is coming, we need to live a life that has that day in view. Won't you agree that if we know that God is coming, if we know that the day of the Lord is coming, we ought to live as Christians in view of that. We ought to have an understanding that that day is coming and we got to be ready because the day of the Lord is coming and we have to be ready. I want to read to you what um, uh, John Woolvord, uh, who, was a long, who was a longtime president of Dallas Theological Seminary, wrote a little bit about this just to give an idea. He wrote, the day of the Lord is a period of time in which God will deal with wicked men directly and dramatically in, in fearful judgment. Today, a man may be a blasphemer of God, an atheist, can denounce God and teach bad doctrine. Seemingly, God does nothing about it. But the day designated in Scripture as the day of the Lord is coming when God will punish human sin and he will deal, with, deal in wrath and in judgment with a Christ-rejecting world. One thing we are sure of, that God in His own way will bring every soul into judgment. Uh, this is what he wrote, and um, I want you to see this day 
as the prophets declared that this day would look like. Isaiah chapter 13, verses 9 through 11, it reads this way. This is what the prophet wrote, on, on, inspired by God. He wrote, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. He will destroy its sinners from it, from, for the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be darkened in its going forth, and the moon will not cause its light to shine. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will halt the arrogance of the proud and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Man, that's strong. That's powerful. This is a day coming because, you know, so many people, they are trying to take justice in their own hands. They're trying to, you know, we had a summer in 2020 where people tried to take justice in their own hands and walk the streets and, and, uh, and, and began to destroy property and, and burn down cities. And they began to do things based on their own self-righteousness and their own thoughts of what is just. And yet God is saying that that is reserved for me. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It doesn't belong to man, it belongs to God. And there's a day coming when the wicked will be brought to account. Those who are arrogant and their pride will be halted. They're going to deal with God. They're going to have to come into a place where now they stand before the one who, who opened the heavens and the earth, who made it all. They're going to stand before him. That's what Isaiah writes. Zephaniah, one of the minor prophets, he writes, minor in, in, um, in, 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 the, in the size of the volume of the book, but not in content. Amen. Powerful right. He writes here, the great day of the Lord is near. It is near and it hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty men shall cry out. The day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers. Man. Whew, that's strong. These, I mean, can you can you see what this day looks like? And 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 you're thinking, man, Pastor, where are we going to get to good news? This is pretty tough. This, I mean, wow, I just walked up into this, or I'm just now listening to it, or I'm watching this, and I, I wow, this is pretty strong. Why? Because you need to understand that God is just and He's holy, and He is going to bring sin to judgment. He's going to bring every sinner to judgment, every wicked person to judgment. They're not going to get away with it. What is happening today, what they're doing, the elites in this world, what they're doing to people and what, how they're coercing people into certain things today, they will be brought to judgment. They will be brought to strict judgment by God. You can count on it. It is not my place to vengeance. God will do it. But it is our place to declare what he says and we're warn people who are in those positions that one day they're going to stand before God and how they treated their neighbor, God is going to bring it to account. How they coerce people into doing things into their bodies and putting stuff in their bodies without their conscience being clear to do it. They're going to be held in account for that. God is going to judge the wicked for their wickedness. Look at this in Revelation chapter six. I'll end with this. I'm just giving you an idea of what the day of the Lord is so that when we read this today, you're going to be like, OK, now I understand what he means. What Paul writes here in first Thessalonians. In Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 through 17, it says, I watch as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth 
made of goat hair, the whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to earth, as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Mm. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, and the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and to the rocks, and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? Man, whew, this day is going to be marked. with. It's a great day, and it's a dreadful day. It's great because God is going to bring the wicked to account for the wickedness on this earth. But it's dreadful for those who are sinners, those who are living in sin, those who have rejected the Lamb, those who have rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They will be judged because of their wickedness. But today, amen, is a day of salvation. Today, you don't have to be a part of that group. Today, you can get out of that group through Jesus Christ. God, who is rich in mercy, sent his son. And he, he did something about the condition that we were in. And so let's go ahead and read our main text today. Again, our main text is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to read a couple of verses here uh, from this chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You have your Bible, please turn there so you can see it. It says in verse 1, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. What a powerful moment here. Uh, you need to understand that uh, the reason Paul writes this letter to the Thessalonian church is because there were some who were going around saying that that uh, the rapture had already taken place, that they've been left behind and that that people have died in their sins, basically. Uh, this false doctrine that was being proclaimed. And so Paul is writing to them uh, to encourage them and to remind them of the things that he has already taught them and the things that has been... Um, been said from the prophets of old. And so uh, he's, he's here encouraging them. And, and the point that I want to make first here this morning is, how are we to live knowing the day of the Lord is coming? See, if you're born again, then you must understand that you are no longer in darkness. If you have Christ in you, if you're born of God's spirit, then you are no longer darkness. 
Living in darkness denotes someone who has been re, um, who has not been regenerated by the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ, and therefore spiritually discerned. Um, think about it. When you have you ever been in a uh, have you ever been in a room and it's dark and you try to like maybe you woke up because uh, you had to go to the bathroom and and it was really dark in your room and you couldn't see anything and you bump into stuff, right? See, when it's dark, you can't see clearly where you're going, so you bump into things. You, oh man, I hit my. I remember one time I was walking in the dark, and have you ever done this where you hit with your toe, you hit one of the corners of the wall? Oh man, that hurts so much. It, it's so painful, but it's because you can't see and you fall and you. And this is what happens to people that are living in sin and in darkness. They they think they're okay and they can't see and they and they're bumping around. They're living their lives in this pain, and though it looks like they're not in pain. I promise you when they are alone and they're alone and their conscience is before God, they're in pain. They're in agony because sin is deceitful. It will tell you that it's happy and go and you're having a great old time. But in the secret place, you know, in your conscience before God, the Holy Spirit is convicting. The heart is causing people to realize, man, I shouldn't be living like this. I shouldn't be talking like this. I shouldn't be acting like this. God does his work. And the person is not okay with how they're living. God is working. God is doing something. Why? This is what's happened. And then also when someone's in darkness, when the gospel is, like right now, when I'm teaching, if you're in darkness, unless the Holy Spirit is convicting you and drawing you to Christ, what I'm going to say will make no sense to you. It makes no sense for you to, um, to live differently because you don't see what you're doing as wrong. You see what you're doing that's good, and it's okay, because after all, there is no God, and I'm my God. I can do what I want, but I'm here to tell you today and to testify that there is a God, and He's coming again, and there's a day coming when He's coming, and that day is going to be a dreadful day for you if you do not repent of your sins and do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, you can rectify that. Today, you can turn from your sin. Today, you can turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, and the Bible says that he will uh, wash away all your sins as just as if you've never done it. And God will fill you with the Holy Spirit and then you will be a person of a child of light and no longer in darkness. And as a result, when someone's in darkness, they don't understand the times they're in. Um, so this day is going to surprise them. They're going to be, oh, we're looking for this leader to come and bring us peace. And, and man, these Christians and these these religious people, they just keep us at odds and they just keep everything is so about all this and it's, they're always in the way. And, and and promise you, there's a day coming for the believer that we're going to be taken away and there won't be that problem anymore. And Satan is going to have a heyday when we're gone. But while we're here, we're going to continue to be a light. We're going to continue to declare the truth of God's word and love to people. We're going to remind them of what God said. You know, and so as as children of light, this day isn't going to surprise us. If you're a child of, of light because you're born again, you've put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This day is not going to surprise you. Though we do not know the exact day, we know the season in which that day will take place. Um, it is my belief that the church will be taken away and then this day will begin. In other words, um, my belief in eschatology belief is that is a pre-tribulation belief. Now, there are people in the faith in, in the faith that may believe a little bit differently concerning that. This is not an essential, but 
I, I will say that what you believe about this will determine how you live today. Um, there are Christians that are pro, post-tribulation. Um, it's just different things. They mean that pre is meaning that you're not going to enter into tribulation. You'll be, uh, it's a belief that we will be taken. The church will be raptured. Even though the term, the word rapture is not found in the scriptures, rapture is just a defining of what God is saying will happen to the church. And obviously it's also written in the book of Thessalonians. We find this will be called up to be with him. Um, so again, this is a different scenario but the moment the church is taken then begins the day of the lord that is the moment that the day of the lord begins and so as christians we will not be taken by surprise because we will no longer be here we will be taken up to be with the lord those who have fallen asleep meaning those who have died in christ will be uh, meet him in the air we will be transformed with a twinkling of an eye we will be raptured we will be transformed and we will have a glorified body and we will come back with him to reign and to rule and to execute his judgment where Jesus will be seated at the throne of David, ruling and reigning for a thousand years over the earth. <clears throat> again, that is the pre-tribulational view. Um, again, it's OK if you have a different view. I'm not going to fight with you about it. You can be wrong and uh, that's OK. I'm just messing around. Don't please don't don't be offended by that. Um, <clears throat> but no, we we have a. We can have some differences there, but ultimately we are understanding that that day is coming. Everybody understands that the day of the Lord is not a good day. That day is a day of judgment that's coming on the earth for the wicked. And so um, <clears throat> if you're in Christ, you're a child of light and, and, a ch and, and you're a child of the day. Remember what Jesus said? We were in John chapter 8. Remember a few months ago, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you don't want to walk in darkness, you need to be in Christ. Oh, my friend, Jesus wants you today. Jesus, Jesus wants to save you today. Jesus wants to deliver you from sin and bring you into the king. He wants to transfer you from the darkness into his light. But it's up to you. It's your choice. You've got to believe. You've got to trust in him. And I want you to understand, as children of light, there ought to be a contrast in our conduct with those who are in darkness. Those who are in darkness live, a sin, uh, live in sinful behavior, but those who are in the light live in righteous behavior. Now, <clears throat> that's not to say that children of light don't sin. To say that you'd be a liar. Okay, that's not to say that we will never sin. But what it is saying that we are no longer bound to sin as Christians before Christ, all I thought about was sinning. But in Christ, all I think about is how I can please my Lord. And you know what? There are moments when I don't. There are moments when I fail. And I thank God, as the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In Christ, we have that. Apart from Him, we don't have that. So there ought to be a contrast. We ought to live differently. Secondly, we are to be, we are not to be asleep, right? We're not to be asleep. Christians are not to be asleep. You think about, what do you mean, <laughs> Pastor? I can't wait. I can't be awake all day. I need to be, I got to rest, you know, I've got, I need my beauty sleep, right? <laughs> Some people. But no, it, it, we're, we're, this is different. The word sleep in the Greek here means 
metaphorically here, it means in a carnal indifferent uh, means of carnal indifference to spiritual things on the part of believers, a condition of insensibility to divine things involving conformity to the world. Here, <clears throat> we're reminded by the Apostle Paul that we are not to conform to the pattern of this world. You know, today, many Christians are living in a carnal state of mind. Their mind is, is fixed on the flesh and what it desires. But we know in Romans chapter 8, if you've, if you've read enough of the Bible, and if you haven't, go to Romans chapter 8, and you're going to find out that the mind fixated on the flesh is death, but the mind that is on the spirit is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I want to have life and peace in, in me. I don't want to have death in my life. I want to have life and peace. Well, the only way you have that is through Christ and through his spirit. Set your mind on the things of God. Set your mind on what is right, what God says. Do not be conformed. Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, <coughs> but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Today, um, there have become, uh, Christians have become indifferent to spiritual things and insensitive to God's ways. As a result, um, they're not walking in obedience to the Lord's command. Because of the fact that you're living a carnal life, says that you are not sensitive to the ways of God. You're not sensitive in living a life that pleases Him. You're more concerned about you, of self. And you say, well, pastor, can a Christian live like, yeah, that can happen. A Christian can be in a carnal state of mind. A Christian can be asleep in their faith. They're not growing in their faith. They're not desiring God. You know, <clears throat> matter of fact, there are people who claim Jesus and they go to church week in and week out. And you know what they're doing? They're just doing a routine. There is no hunger for God. There's no desire to know him. There's no desire to take what they learn and, 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 and live it out in their life. There's no desire for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you know what is interesting? That those same people may not even be Christians. And you say, well, pastor, how can you? No, because the Bible says those who belong to him will obey his word. And eventually, if that's your constant state of being, not obeying God's word, then you know what, friend? You may not know him. But I believe that Jesus will, uh, if you belong to him, you can't stay in that condition. That's why you're listening right now. That's why God has you here, because he's trying to wake you up from your slumber, from your, your state of being asleep. He wants you to be discerning of the times that you're living in. He wants you to understand how to, what it means to live for him. He wants you to glorify his name here while you're here. Uh, we need to be people who are not asleep. Thirdly, we need to be people who are watchful. You and I need to be watchful. We need to be people. Uh, the word watch here in the Greek means metaphorically give strict attention to be cautious and active. It is the idea that you are alert and aware of the times in which you live. Too many people, too many Christians are living in this world. They don't have a clue of what's happening around them. They have no idea what is going on in this world. They don't understand what is happening. And therefore, you find them conforming to this world. And then they, they, they're upset with their brother or sister who's not willing to conform. Their brother and sister saying, no, we need to stand. We need to hold the line. We need to be people who stand for righteousness. 
We need to be people who live a godly life in a wicked and perverse generation. And yet you're angry with them. Why? Because you're asleep in your sin and God is trying to wake you up. Oh, sleeper, wake up. God wants you to be awake. He wants you to be alert. He wants you to be, be, a, be effective for Him. But you can't be in a carnal state. And if you're asleep, you won't be watchful. So many Christians today are unaware of what is happening in the world. They have been lulled asleep by their fleshly desires that they do not understand the times in which they live. Man, I can have a, I have, I have a, I've had a conversation with someone and they say they're Christians and I say, hey man, these are things the Bible said are coming. And they're like, well, I don't know because I really still have things I got to do here on this earth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, friend. There, listen, <laughs> This is not our home. Man, yeah, I, I'm working and I'm doing what I, I do to provide for my family, have something in my hand so I can share with those in need. But friend, let me tell you, this is not our home. We're, we're pilgrims here. We're Those who are in Christ, we're pilgrims here. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Our citizenship is in heaven. Glory to God. We have a kingdom awaiting for us. Glory, glory to God. A, a kingdom that has no end. A kingdom where their death is swallowed up in victory. Amen. This is our hope. We don't need to be worried about what's happening here in the sense of, oh, this is what I, no, no, this is not our home, friend. You got to wake up from your slumber. You got to understand the times in which you live and Christians, they're not being watchful. Remember Jesus um, told his disciples in Matthew 24, 42, when he was talking about end times, he says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Christian, if you're sleeping in your flesh, wake up because you don't know when the Savior's coming. You better have oil in that lamp. You better be ready. You better be a wise virgin. You better be ready for His return because you don't know when He's coming. We know the signs of His coming, but we don't know the exact day, so we've got to be ready. The Bible, when it talks about the return of the Lord, it is imminent. It is imminent. It could come at any moment. We're not waiting for any other sign. We're not waiting for anything for Jesus to call us back. It is, it is time. This, you got to understand this. The disciples, when they were preaching, they thought he was coming back right in their time. Because they understood his return is imminent. And we need to be ready. And how much closer are we to it now? Jesus tells John to write to the church of Sardis. Listen to these words in their... Man, as I read these words, I just, I just cried out to God, man, I'll be found this way. Look what he said to this church. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he who, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name that, is, that, you, have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that you are that you are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Revelations three, Reve, excuse me, Revelation three one through two. So we need to be watchful, man. Do you want to be a, a a person who who claims to be alive but yet you're dead? A church is not a building, guys. A church are, are the people. We make up the church. We are the body of Christ. Every member is the church. And guess what? God is saying to you, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. You got, you got to come back to your first love. You got to come to a place where you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You got to come to that place as a Christian. 
You've got to come to that place where you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. Any man who sets his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Serve the Lord. Be watchful. So uh, we were we are to be we're not to be asleep. We're to be a, we are to be watchful. And lastly, I want to finish today. We are to be sober. Man, sobriety. We need to be sober. To be sober here means to be calm and collected in spirit. Today, because of COVID, we see many who are intoxicated by fear, and as a result, they have given up their liberties given to them by God. People, because they're not sober in their minds, they're not sober when, when, when COVID has come, fear has entered. And I, you may say, well, pastor, I know it's going on. No, this is happening within the church. Christians are, are not sober. Why? Because they're asleep and they're being lulled asleep by their fleshly desires. They're living it up right now. But I'm telling you today, wake up because there's a day coming when, you, when we cannot be this way. We need to work while it is day because the night is coming. We need to be ready. We need to be people who are living a life that pleases the Lord. We need to be people that are fruitful in the things of God. We need to be sober and alert. Our minds need to be ready. See, as believers, we are not to be intoxicated by fear, but we are to be sober-minded in each circumstance we find ourselves in. Can I tell you? I know it's not easy. I know, like you, and I'm just like you in the sense I put on my pants, I deal with stress, I deal with things in this life. I have those concerns too where, man, there could come a day where if I don't do a certain procedure on my body, I may not have a job. But you know what? I know the one who holds me. I know the one who who promised that he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I know the one who said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. I know that one. I know the one who said, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, I believe sobriety here. Is not dealing so much with alcohol, it's dealing with your mindset. Be sober in your mind. You know, Peter writes some, I love it. Peter says some things about this. He says in, in 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. See, the end of all things is coming, guys. So we need to be Serious, that means sober in our minds and watchful in our prayers. In the same book of uh, chapter 5, verse 6, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan is coming and he is coming with a fierce wrath and he's coming to, to deceive the people. Why? Because he knows his time is short. And you and I have to be sober and vigilant. We have to be people who understand the times in which we live. And the only way you can do that is to protect your mind. Be careful what you put in your mind. Be careful what you listen to. The Bible, Jesus said of Satan, he is, his native tongue is to lie. He is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. 
And you need to be careful what philosophy you're listening from this world. You need to reject everything that is not in Christ. You need to renew your mind. You need to get your mind alert and ready for what's coming. And you need to be faithful. Guys, there's, guys, there's good news. You know, we talked about that day of the Lord. I want to remind you what he said here, and I'll end with this. For Christians, look what he said. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So for the Christian, it's going to be a great day because the wicked are going to be judged. We're not going to be judged. We're not meant for wrath. Why? Because Jesus took the wrath of God upon himself on the cross. And this is the good news for you today, that what you you have done, what you're going to do, what you've done uh, in the past, Jesus paid it all. He paid it for you on the cross, but it isn't implemented to you unless you receive it by faith, unless you put your faith in him, unless you confess your sin and, and, and repent of it and turn to him. God is calling you and me today. Do you hear his voice? Don't harden your heart. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Let me pray with you. Oh, Heavenly Father, I ask you today to just open the blind eyes, unlock deaf ears. Lord, I pray that right now that person is sitting, watching, or listening right here in this room or through the, through the stream, through the podcast, wherever they may find themselves. If they're driving, Lord, they'll pull over and cry out to you. Lord, you said anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone can call on you, no matter where they are, no matter what they've done. That's the good news. Jesus paid your fine. He paid what you owe God. See, the Bible says the wages of sin is uh, death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, while we were yet powerless, God sent his son. When we couldn't help ourselves, God sent his son. And today the Bible says, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. God will fill you with his spirit and you'll be born again. And you'll no longer be a child of darkness, but you'll be a child of light. And because of that, you'll be able to know what is happening around you. You'll be able to see clearly where you're going. Why? Because the entrance of God's word gives light and it converts the soul. So I pray for you today who's lost. Would you pray that? Would you pray this with me? Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And today I want to repent of my sin. Today I want to Put my trust in you, Lord. Save me. Wash me clean, Lord. And I ask you to give me the gift of the Holy Spirit so that I can live for you, so that I can walk worthy of the calling I have received today. In Jesus' name. I want to pray for you who are Christians and you heard this message and you realize Pastor, I've been that carnal Christian. I've been lulled asleep 
because of the desires of my flesh. I'm not living for God's glory. I'm not living to glorify Him. I'm living for myself and to please myself. Today, I want to confess that to the Lord. I agree with Him that that's not the way to go. I agree with Him that I'm to live to glorify Him, that I'm to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow Him. Would you pray this, Lord Jesus? I recognize that I, you're right and I'm wrong. I've been living for myself, Lord. I've been living for the dictates of my flesh, but today I surrender, them, I surrender this to you and I confess this to you, Lord. And I thank you Then I thank you that you said, if I do this, Lord, you would cleanse me of all unrighteousness, that we would, have, we would restore fellowship, that I could come into your presence boldly because of what Jesus did. And today I come to you, Lord, and I ask you to renew a right spirit within me that I may declare to sinners your ways. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We love you, and we'll see you next time. God bless you.